Hello and welcome to the debut episode of the Movies Gets a Body Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Gonzalez, and welcome so much. Thank you so much for spending any amount of time that you do here. Listening to the podcast today means a whole lot. Make sure that you follow the podcast, applause the podcast, share the podcast, do whatever you got to do to help me get it out to as many ears as possible because we all know podcast is kind of the new hotness because people discovered what it is to have a conversation <laughs> like then again i'm in my room doing this by myself <laughs> no but in all seriousness though i'm doing this in my bedroom at my parents house this is the third time now that i'm recording <laughs> that i'm recording this intro because i'm i couldn't sleep well so i drank a monster and now i'm like i'm a little bit wired because when i'm tired energy drinks seem to have a much bigger effect on me than like when i'm just like i want the extra energy for work and i've just been talking way too fast throughout all of these recordings and i'm like yo no one can listen to this without feeling exhausted after the first 10 minutes so here we are to try to give this a go again i'm going to try to monitor how fast i'm talking and hopefully we're successful but i'm not going to start over anymore this is the final uh, take, damn it. We're going to knock this bitch out. Anyways, just to give you a little bit of background on myself, I used to have a movie channel on YouTube that I would say is relatively successful. I did it consistently for a combined time of about four months, I would say. And like I said, some videos would absolutely hit. Some wouldn't. Depends on if I was like, reviewing an older movie a new movie a popular movie a smaller film it would vary but since i stopped doing that since i stopped committing time because of just work and other hobbies that i picked up like streaming over on mixture.com backslash jesse gets bodied one more time that is mixture.com backslash jesse gets bodied i still enjoy talking about movies and i really missed it during the time and since then i've like i said more hobbies like mixture.com slash jesse gets bodied and also i have another podcast that i do with one of my good friends and oftentimes we have guests on, which is Delusion and Stupidity Podcast. You can find it now on Spotify and or Anchor.com and or Google, Google Podcasts. Thank you so much. And I really fell in love with the quote-unquote art of podcasting. So much for calling it art because I'm sitting in a chair in my bedroom with my shirt off while I'm talking to you guys. So that's the art of podcasting. Now, of course, I think solo podcasts are like a lot more rare these days. Like everyone has a guest or they have like a partner in crime. I'm attempting to do this all by myself and hopefully I don't fall flat on my face while doing it. We will see. Tune in more. I am Trisha Takanawa. Does that come off as racist or do enough people know the reference? I wonder. Let me know in the comment section down below. <laughs> but um, yeah. Hopefully, this is something that you can listen to and come to for your bigger movie news and movie reviews. Today is going to be all news because the day before recording this, a whole bunch of movie news dropped, um, including one big thing that we're going to be spending the massive bulk of this episode talking about. Um, So stick with us. In case you haven't heard, James Bond is like one of my favorite franchises of all time. I think it'd probably go Planet of the Apes. Then the Daniel Craig, did, did, did I say James Craig? Then the Daniel Craig 
007 movies and then probably like, yeah, the MCU and whatever. But <laughs> we finally have the title of the latest and last for Shersies this time, Daniel Craig James Bond movie. Now, I'm quite a bit younger than like a lot of 007 fans, I believe. I don't know the times of Roger Moore and all the others. Those are way past or way before my time. So the only James Bond that I know is Daniel Craig. And for the most part, he, to me, absolutely personifies what James Bond is supposed to be. He's suave. He's, like, very good-looking in a suit. Do you even say no homo anymore in 2019? I don't know, but no homo. He's a really good, good, good-looking good dude, suave. He's, I totally believe that he can kick anybody's ass. He seems very intelligent. Uh, just by, once again, all this going off of how who he physically looks. So he's very James Bond-esque to me. Like, he is a great James Bond. And I, Casino Royale is one of my favorite movies of all time, hands down. The movie is so fuck, fucking fantastic. Quantum of Solace is like, okay, but Skyfall, amazing. Spectre was good. And I'm glad that even though Spectre had like a satisfying ending for his James Bond, because that was supposed to be Daniel Craig's last 007 film, he said he cited like the the production being way too hard on him. And of course, he's not getting any younger. So all these things were contributing to him walking away from the character. Well, let me tell you, whoever the studio, the studio is, because I don't have it all offhand, of of a 007 whether, whether whether it's Lionsgate whether it's Universal whether it's Sony whoever whoever the hell it is they gave him all the money in the world to, to come back for just one last ride baby one last ride baby and for a while uh, a big rumor was Idris Alba taking over the 007 role and a lot of people outroared you know because of the color of skin and stuff you know, I think Idris Alba would would do great in the role I think he also like personifies what a Agent 007 could be. But that's not what we're talking about right now. No Time to Die is the official 007 title of this next f- film. And I think, man, it is so perfect. Along with the teaser that they released for it, black and white, James Bond theme playing pl- playing over. It was fantastic out of this world. No Time to Die. And we also got a release date, April 8th in the U.S., of 2020 april 3rd in the uk also of 2020 and man that just that hurts me because one it it's just so far like it's what like eight months away but like damn that's a whole eight months away and that's assuming it doesn't get pushed back like movies these days get pushed back all the fucking time so we'll see but good part about that is it's exactly like nine days before my birthday so i'm considering it an early birthday present i can't wait to go watch it in other news now this is news that i'm not particularly so tied into like i understand the cultural significance of this franchise but i'm not like a huge fan of it that's not me saying like yo these movies are bad it's just i watched them when i was younger when, like when they came out and I don't really remember them and I haven't had any incentive to watch them since until now because ladies and gentlemen the Matrix 4 has been officially announced with Keanu Reeves and uh, Car- Carrie Susan and Carrie uh, Carrie Ann Moss reprising their roles as Neo and shit I forgot what the female character's name is 
Jesus, does it sound misogynistic of me? Um, Neo and Trinity reprising their roles. Wait, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Moss reprising their roles as Neo and Trinity, respectively, with Lana Wachowski set to write and direct. So they got some pretty good names attached to this. There's no word yet on whether or not Lawrence Fishburne will be coming back as uh, Mobius or Morbius. Morbius, yes. Or not. But simply with, like, Keanu Reeves, I don't think he's quite the box office draw as, say, like, a, a, a rock or something of that nature yet, or, like, as of now. But he's almost like this this fan favorite in the world of Hollywood right now. Like, he seems like a very, like, by all accounts, he's a very nice and sweet dude. Uh, he's everything that like a, that you would want a celebrity to be when you meet a celebrity. Very, very humble. Uh, he does have kind of that, that tragic past. Uh, there's Keanu Reeves playing uh, John Wick. And John Wick is synonymous with badass nowadays. Of course, he was Neo. All these things. Keanu Reeves is really kind of this symbol in the present day Hollywood that you put him in anything and a lot of people are going to go watch it. On top of this being part of the Matrix world now, um, I I imagine they'll kind of follow like how long it's been in real time since the last Matrix movie. Like they'll be like ten years later and stuff. But I don't really know. Like I said, I'm not too familiar with the the lore, the the story of the Matrix. I do, however, understand that it's a, in a lot of people's top like five to three favorite movies of all time. It's very significant it is kind of a, of an important movie to watch and i haven't watched them since i was very very young uh and i'll probably give them a rewatch very soon now of course it's just announced and it's being written right now it's in like the pre-production phase so we'll probably see this movie in like three or four years and gotta say sounds pretty exciting uh and i know that a lot of people are like have been asking for this. We've been hearing murmurs and rumors about it for a long time, but it is official. It is happening. So all of you Matrix fan fanboys and fangirls out there, get ready and just survive for the next three to four years. That's kind of morbid, isn't it? But that's really my mentality when I hear about these highly anticipated projects coming up. Like for me, for example, for like the Batman movie, like that shit was announced in back in like 2017, 2016, maybe even with uh, Matt Reeves. And then now we got Robert Panson on board and it's just been like, I just want the movie to come out. It's slated to come out in 2021, but production hasn't even started yet. <sighs> it's just like, man, I have to survive for that long. Like I have a friend that said that in the past, whenever he would see like good trailers or I would tell him things about movies coming up like fuck now i now that's a lot of pressure like i have to live to see that like sure i've lived 24 years of my life perfectly the next two doesn't seem like much but i gotta wait bruh i mean time flies and all but shit and now moving in to the final and the vast meat of what i wanted to talk about in this podcast you may have heard you may not have heard it's a bit it's a bit smaller news, but uh, as of yesterday, as of right now, long time negotiations, well, not long time, but long time coming negotiations between Disney and Sony over the Spider-Man character 
have faltered. They have come to a point where both sides have left the table as of now. And Spider-Man is no longer in the MCU as of today. I do want to stress that before we get into other things. That as of today, he is no longer in the MCU. Why do I stress that so much? Because so many of the headlines when you type in even Spider-Man Sony or you type in Sony, you type in Disney, whatever. So many of the headlines are for sure Z's Spider-Man no longer an MCU rage like he's never coming back. Ah, Now, the thing is that temporarily negotiations, negotiations have halted. So right now, Spider-Man is not in the MCU. That is fair to say as of now. But things can still transgress and progress, I think was the word I was looking for at first. <laughs> I can now, or things can still progress and we can still find a happy medium here. But let's go over the facts of the case. Because I have gone into a Twitter argument with two friends. Um, just friendly going back and forth. Of course, I think they're stupid. They think I- I'm stupid. But hey, that's friendship. No. But here are the facts of the case. The old the, the, the old deal struck in, I believe, 2015, right before Civil War was. And Disney took 5% of any Spider-Man solo movie box office. Um, in exchange, uh, oh, and also Sony paid, I believe it was like, it was a producer's fee. I don't know what the figure is. I'm sure I saw it, but it's escaping me right now and I don't have it written down. But they did pay... Disney a flat rate, uh, an upfront producer's fee for the movie, as well as Disney taking 5% of any solo Spider-Man box office film. And Kevin Feige and their team helped like steer and shape the, the story and tone. They didn't write it, but they shaped the tone and said, hey, this is what we want to do with the Spider-Man character in our universe. Make sure that it falls in line. That's the extent of Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios' hand in the actual story of the movie. To a lot of people, these two solo Spider-Man and MC movies are like their favorites. I really love Homecoming. I think it's great. Far From Home, I was a little lukewarm on, to be honest. I thought, besides the amazing after credit, like, Bombshell, I was like, eh, this movie's, like, good. I really enjoyed the, the Mysterio, like, e- illusion scenes. Those were fucking fantastic. But the rest of the movie, I was kind of like, eh, meh. Anyways, back to the actual facts of the case. Um, also, Disney had 100% of merchandising rights. That means all of Spider-Man uh, bed sheets, Spider-Man clothing, Spider-Man toys, Spider- uh, not video games because Sony actually bought Insomniac, which is the the developer of Spider-Man PS4. Anything that had the, the MCU Spider-Man branding on it that was officially licensed, all that money going straight to Disney. Now I could tell you right now, the toy industry, as well as like, you know, kids wanting Spider-Man backpacks, Spider-Man t-shirts, Spider-Man betting, whatever. I can guarantee you right now that made more money than any of these movies probably combined to be honest with you. I, I, I haven't researched the, the actual number, but I would think I would make an educated guess that all that for all the kids in the world, that are fans of Spider-Man, and now he's in the MCU, so now they even see him even more often, like, bruh, like, they made more than all these movies probably combined off of that alone. Also, on top of that, Disney kept all box office earnings from any Spider-Man team-ups, which, once again, I'm not saying 
that that is unreasonable because obviously with the team ups featuring Spider-Man, that's like all Disney work right there. That's like all Disney. So they they deserve that. <laughs> Which, by the way, Spider-Man Homecoming made a, almost like eight. I th- th- think the number is like eight hundred fifty million, while Homecoming, while Far From Home made about one point two billion. Those are the two solo. That's what Disney got a five percent cut of was those movies. But the team ups featuring Spider-Man, which Disney got a hundred percent of, is Civil War at one point one billion, Infinity War at two billion, and Endgame, of course, is the highest grossing movie of all time at two point eight billion dollars. And Disney once again keeps a hundred percent of those three. So if you can't get it by now, I'm kind of painting Disney to be the greedy, money-hungry monopoly of a, of a company. Because that's where I, I don't understand how people can honestly blame Sony. But let me present more of the facts before now. So that was the old deal, right? Once again, Disney could have been more happy with that. Not only do they get 5%. And by the way, it's not just like after certain like – uh, points in the contract where they get 5%. They get that on fir- what, what's, what's it called first dollar gross, which means from the minute that it hits theaters, they start making that 5%, baby. Because like most contracts like this, they'll have like a, like, like a clause in the contract. Like, yo, if it, makes, if it makes its money back, then you start to earn the 5% or some, something of that nature. But no, first dollar gross. The minute it hits theaters, we start making that motherfucking cash, baby. So the new proposal was Disney keeps all merchandising rights, which is fair. Disney keeps all team ups uh, still, which once again I said in, I said before, fair. But Disney well wanted to not only get an increase, ladies and gentlemen, they wanted to multiply their it by ten times. They wanted 50% of Spider-Man solo box office. Now, for a lot of people, they're focusing on the Spider-Man character alone. That's what a lot of people seem. And that's what I honestly thought at first before I actually read the whole Deadline article because they are the ones that broke it. And once again, let, let, let me say, Dead, Deadline is not no, you know, some slump that's going to post any old rumor. They do their work. They're, they are amongst some of the best. But also... Disney included all of Sony's Spider-Verse IP in this 50%, which would give them controlling interest over Sony's biggest property that they got fair and square back in 1999 from from Marvel. Now you're trying to tell you're trying to look me in the face and tell me that Sony deserves the blame for this. Now I get it, right? If you're a fan of the MCU, which I, a lot of people, I'm, I would say I'm a fan of the MCU. I want to see all these things succeed. I think it's great. I do think that some of the MCU movies are very overhyped, but all the ones that are supposed to be very effective, they are fucking good. They're like masterclasses in, in, in movie making. So I can understand people wanting to see all the Spider-Man characters in the MCU, which is already like overcrowded. Kevin Feige, like Kevin Feige is out here doing God's work with all the shit that he has on his plate and still making these these stories as good as he can. 
but they wanted 50% of not only just Spider-Man, but all of the Spider-Verse IIP. So to the Venom movies, to the to the Morbius movies, to the um to the Craven the Hunter, to all these things that Sony has in development, um, to the Spider-Verse movie, which I contend is the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time, which was made completely 100% by Sony. Kevin Feige did not have a hand in that. But all of Spider-Verse, they, they wanted all of that. They, they were essentially trying to buy out Sony from, their, from Sony's biggest asset, without hands down, biggest asset. Now, Sony did come back with a counter to the table, said, you know what, 50-50, let's be honest. But you do, uh, you do deserve Kevin Feige, basically, because, of course, Kev, you know, Kevin Feige has a lot on his plate. So you need more incentive, sure. We'll give you 70-30, and Disney will just not have infinite. They were like, fuck you, we out, we out this bitch. And Sony was like, all right, we too are out this bitch. Now, Sony... Released a statement on Twitter, basically very classy statement. I I do say, they basically said, or at least it seemed like Sony's spin on it was that Disney and Kevin Feige did not want to put as much work because they now have new IPs that they need to integrate, like Deadpool, X Men, Fantastic Four. And Kevin Feige, he doesn't see it worth it to work on something that Disney does not even own. That is a reasonable statement. It is reasonable that Disney would want more incentive to work with the character that they do not own, especially, like I said, with with all the new stuff on Feige's plate. But 50% of Sony's most valuable asset is absolutely absurd. It's a deal that no executive over at Sony could ever take. They would like lose their job the next fucking day. Their bosses would... Call him into their office, close all the blinds, look them in the eye, scream with the intensity of uh, J.K. Simmons, J. Jonah Jameson, and just say, you lost us how much fucking money? Because let's look at the facts here, people. None of Sony's Spider-Man movies before Homecoming and uh, Far, Far From Home have ever grossed less than $700 million, even the quote-unquote bad ones, which I think are underrated. Like, I don't think they're good. I just think that... I think that The Amazing Spider-Man 2 had some very great things. And people really shit on the movie that it's completely bad. Now, of course, that is completely... Like, that is my own uh, opinion. You're completely entitled to yours. But even that movie... Sure, it was the lowest Spider-Man had ever made... But even that movie, over seven hundred million dollars. Like people talk about that, like 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 that's fucking chump change. Like just because we expect billion dollar plus from fucking every goddamn superhero movie these days, doesn't mean that seven hundred million dollars isn't a bunch of fucking money. They made their money back. They made money on that, and it was the worst, like worst reviewed Spider Man movie. Like, what are we talking about here? Just because Far From Home made a hundred a hundred more million dollars than that. And just because Far From Home was the highest grossing um, Spider-Man movie ever does not mean that Sony was slouching. In the same year as, or the same, the year before Far From Home, Sony won a fucking Oscar for their Spider-Verse movie. Like what? Like you're trying, you're, you're trying to tell me that Disney deserves all this money because they quote unquote revived Spider-Man. Now, sure, does Venom make $800 million without Spider-Man's inclusion in the MCU? Probably not. 
does Spider-Verse make as much money as it did without the MCU? Probably not, because Spider-Man, people will still have their taste in their mouth of the underrated Amazing Spider-Man 2. They'll be like, eh, don't kind of fell out of love with Spider-Man now. But would it still have made its money? Sure. Would, Sp- would Spider-Verse still be so fucking good of a movie? Of course it would have. I think Spider-Verse would have made people fall back in love with Spider-Man with regardless of Spider-Man, if, if the Spider-Man character was in the MCU or not. That's just my personal uh, opinion. And I really got to sympathize with, with Sony on here, man. Like, imagine owning a character. You bought, fair and square, a character in 1999. You made an investment 20 years ago. You made an investment on Marvel's probably flagship character. Not only now, but at the time, their flagship character. And now, 20 years later, you're being asked for 50% of your own character. Like, someone's paying you 50% of your own character as well as all the surrounding, like, things around that character. And you say no. You're like, no, that's our character. We're not going to give you half of the money for something that we own. And then all of Twitter and all of, like, the internet is like, Sony, how could you? You're making a big mistake, Sony. Why would you not accept that offer, Sony? Look at what the MCU has done for Spider-Man. Look at how much money they've made you. Bitch, if you don't shut the fuck up and get out of my office, it absolutely boggles my mind. I am not saying that Spider-Man and Sony does not benefit from him being in the MCU. Of course they do. The MCU is a cinematic, and Disney, of course, is a cinematic juggernaut. That was my phone, if you heard it. Professional podcaster, by the way. Sony and the MCU, or Disney and the, and the MCU are cinematic juggernauts. They shit out billion-dollar movies for fun. Man, that sound, that's crazy to, to actually say out loud. They shit out billion-dollar billion dollar movies for fun. Of course, I'm not saying that Disney doesn't help. Yes, Disney deserves more than a 5% of solo spider-man box office but while you make all the money from the merchandise a hundred percent of the merch merch goes to you while you kept a hundred percent of movies featuring spider-man and you're already the disney juggernaut why are you gonna force this lose-lose situation on both like i'm not trying to say that oh sony's winning oh disney's winning both are gigantic companies Disney is far bigger than Sony, but Sony is no slouch either. Both com- both sides are going to be just fine. Like, if this stays how it is now, both companies are going to be just fine. The MCU is going to tread along. They're going to have to write themselves out of a hole because they definitely made Spider-Man They're the new face of the Avengers for sure. And Sony's going to have to write themselves out of, out of a hole, bringing their Spider-Man character that so many people associate now with the mcu they're gonna have to write write him out but honestly i think if it stays like this sony comes out like a pseudo winner like i said this is a lose-lose but now they get to act because so many people are like wow venom without spider-man like that's stupid uh black cat without spider-man stupid morbius without spider-man stupid but now they can actually have spider-man in those movies 
they already they already have Spider Verse, which I'm sure they can use those iterations of the characters anyhow. But now they can use Tom Holland Spider Man. Now, of course, the character would have to be different. And I actually don't know the details of Tom Holland's contract. If it's exclusive to Disney or the Spider-Man character, I don't really know. I haven't really read any articles explaining that part of it. And God, you got to feel for Tom. For poor Tom. He wants to play this character for 10 plus years uh, of his career. He enjoy he genuinely enjoys playing this role. And now he's up in limbo as to, one, if he's even going to be able to still play it. Two, if he's going to be able to play with the other MCU characters. Like, it got to feel for him. Now, man, it's it, it still I genuinely lost sleep over this because I don't understand the mindset of people that are like, oh, Disney, oh, 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 Disney. Like, listen, Disney is responsible for a lot of great shit in our lives as far as entertainment. But with all these facts, how can you deny that Disney was being greedy? It's too big of it's it's genuinely if the Sony execs accepted this offer, like they would lose their fucking jobs. They would have to lay off people because of how much money they would be losing. It blows my mind how someone can look at Sony and be like, this is your fault. Now, like, like I said, when this had first, when I first started going on my rant about this, this topic, I said that it is as of now, it is currently negotiations have plummeted. The, the original deal was for five spy five movies with Spider-Man. They got Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame, and then of course the, the two solo. It was time to go back to the negotiating table. Two two more Spider-Man movies were or, or, are already like not in like actual shooting, but they're in production. Scripts are being written out. Uh, they're doing the, the, their casting, all that noise. They're already in the works. Of course, if you saw Far From Home and, and, and Homecoming, you know how ingrained Tom Holland Spider-Man is in the be a lot of work to take to take him out. So it, it was time to renegotiate a new contract. And as of right now, those negotiations have fallen apart. Now, this really does seem like something that would only be kept behind closed doors. Um, the fact that it's so public, it, it really feels like a power move by maybe one or both of the CEOs. I'm trying to see who gets pinned for it more to use as leverage in the negotiation negotiation to me. Because like when you barter, right, you come out like if you want 3000, you come out with 5000, right? Like, oh, I'll, I'll sell it for no less than 5000. Like, oh, what about 4000? No, I'll do 45. Well, what about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it just keeps on going on like that. You start with like kind of an extreme, and then you work your way down to what you actually wanted for it. And then once you get it, you're like, cool. Now, with the added little excerpt from the Deadline article that Sony did counter with the 70-30, I, if, if I was negotiating the contract, or if for me to say what I think is fair with, it, with all else equal... I think this fair split would be 80-20. I think that's completely that like that gives Disney enough incentive to work on this to work with the Spider-Man character for both Sony makes more money just off of the Spider-Man and then with Spider-Man being more popular that raises all of their other uh Spider-Man IPs and they make more money. Disney of course gets the iconic Spider-Man character in their MCU that makes them more money. It's a fucking win-win. But I think 80-20 would be a good split. 
No, the only caution I say with the negotiation, the negotiating tactic is that Sony did counter and Disney was like, Nobby, bye. So that's pretty troubling. But this really feels like public negotiating. I'm sure that they'll revisit the table probably within the next few weeks or so. And I have a feeling and I sincerely hope that cooler heads prevail and they come to a deal, they strike a deal, and both sides can walk away happy. I I I do think that is what is gonna happen and I sincerely hope that is what happens. But as of right now, as of today, with what we have in front of us doesn't look good. Like it looks like I said, I still think it's gonna work out, but as of right now it's very like it's very sad to hear what the current stand on this is. Cause listen, I do think most MC movies are overrated. That is my honest to God opinion. I'm not just like some someone that just thinks the contrary for the sake of thinking the contrary. No, I sincerely, when I watch most of the, or not most, but when I watch some of the MCU movies, I'm like, yo, that was just okay. Like, yeah, I, I laughed a few times, um, but that's it. But of course, like the the great ones I, I really love. And I got to be honest, the the next two years of Marvel proper properties, I'm not really looking forward to them. I don't see any characters in here that I'm like, yo, I can't wait to see more of that. Maybe Thor, sure. Spider-Man, I was like, yo, well, at least the MCU still has Spider-Man. And now they don't. So what? I got to go and get a test with fucking Doctor Strange. He's a robot. Granted, he's a really cool fucking robot. But right now, he's a fucking robot. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what they do with uh, Shang-Chi. We'll see what they do with Blade. We'll see how they progress with Captain Marvel. We'll see how they progress with Black Panther, yada, 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 yada. But I really hope that Cooler has prevail because it, it's a win-win for, for both sides. It's a win-win for us fans that get to see Spider-Man interact with these characters, see where Marvel wants to take the character. So I sincerely hope that this works out. Without further ado, ladies and gents, that is the end of the podcast here fairly good sized podcast once again this is meant to be a discussion so you can find me on instagram at jesse gets bodied find me on twitter at jesse gets bodied you can tweet at me you, you can send me dms of your thoughts on what has been said here today and if i get any we will reply to them on the next uh episode of the podcast i'm gonna try to do the two of these a week we will see how it goes uh, but basically just watch out for those inboxes. Make sure to follow, make sure to applaud whatever you got to do on whatever platform that you listen to this podcast on. Once again, anchor, Spotify, Google podcast, all those first jerseys. And of course, um, goodbye. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.